everyone. Welcome to another episode of Mindset to Mastery, the podcast. I want you to understand something. Success begins in the mind. The way you think shapes your actions and the way you act determines your success. So on Mindset to Mastery, in this podcast, we provide tools, tips, strategies, and actionable items to help you change your mindset and master your success. I'm your host, Keisha A. Rivers, president of The Cars Group, where we facilitate outcome through strategic consulting, team development, and applied learning. Visit our website at carsgroup.com, that's K-A-R-S group.com for more information, schedule a time to talk to us about your needs, and also give us your thoughts, questions, and feedback on this podcast. So today's episode, we are going to be talking about the island of leading. Now, No effective leader is an island, but most people tend to think of leading as an isolated task. They tend to think that this is my burden. This is something that I have to take care of. This is something that I have to do. But really what you have to understand is that you can't lead from an island and you have to develop some really strong perspectives and approaches to be able to get yourself off of the island and to get your people and your team on board with you. So today we're going to dive into some of the leadership myths and give you a few tips and approaches that will help you kind of get back on track. So first thing I want you to do is I want you to think about your definition of leadership. There are tons of of definitions that you can find. You can go to Webster, you can go online, um, you can listen to all of the leadership gurus and what they describe as leadership. But one thing that in all of that you're going to find is that leadership is not you going before or in front of your people. It's traveling with your people. So leadership is a process. It's not something that you do by yourself. It's something that requires other people because you can't be a leader if you don't have anybody that you're leading. So I want you to understand that you as a leader are steering the process, but by engaging with your people. That means you're communicating, you're collaborating, you're creating a culture of, of, of cooperation. You're, you're putting things in place to make your people better. So you can't do this on your own. You can't mandate leadership. You can't mandate effectiveness. You can't mandate collaboration. And believe it or not, there are some clients I've run into where they say, I've done all of these things to create this culture of collaboration and communication by mandating what people are going to do. And then they wonder why it's not working because people don't work that way. We are social creatures. We need to feel connected. We need to feel engaged in order for us to truly buy into the process. So with today's episode, I'm going to give you three points that I want you to look at as far as how to shift your thinking about them, how to shift your actions in terms of how you implement them, and how to be able to create a culture of success by navigating them and doing them correctly and efficiently and consistently. So as leaders, you need to be able to do three things. There are, of course, a whole lot of other things that I've found in my work with clients, but today we're only going to focus on three. So the first one is to delegate through trust, and that's key to understand that it's delegating through trust. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. Collaborating and communicating. In doing this, you're able to build a team for you and the organization. 
So it's not just about focusing solely on the outcome. Yes, I advocate facilitating outcomes and understanding where you're trying to go in order to be able to craft a, a strategy and an approach to get there and then to sustain it. Yes, that is the mantra and that is the foundation of my organization and what we do. But one thing that differentiates successful people and successful organizations and successful teams from ones that are not successful is the fact that they understand that the team that you build has to be for you and for the organization. And people have to develop loyalty. They have to develop a connection. They have to be able to say that they feel a part of something bigger than just them. So we're going to look at these three things that'll help you develop that culture, help you develop that team approach, and help you to create and cultivate that, that culture and community of success that you know that you need in order for your organization, your team, your project to be able to move forward. So when you talk about delegating, you have to delegate through trust. Now, as a leader, as, as the team leader, manager, whomever, you can't do it all, and you shouldn't do it all because that's why you have other people on the team. But you have to trust people to do their jobs, then get out of the way. That means delegating through trust. If I delegate something for you to do, then I need to communicate with you that I'm trusting you to do it. That means don't micromanage everything that they're doing. That means you're not going to check up, have them report to you every day or every five minutes about their progress. That means you have to establish a trusting relationship. You have to understand and communicate as the leader that you believe in the people that are on your team and have them believe in you. So trust them to do their jobs, identify what needs to be done, delegate, and then get out of the way. Let them do it the way they need to do it. Everyone works differently. For example, I'm what I call random abstract, which means that I do not need to go one, two, three, four, and have everything in particular steps. I need to see the big picture of where we're going, and then I can work backwards to figure out what actions need to be taken. If you don't tell me what the big picture is and what the outcomes are, and then you want me to just follow along with certain steps, it's going to drive me bonkers. Now, on the other hand, there are people who are concrete sequential. Concrete sequential people have to understand the steps. What are we doing first? What are we doing second? What are we doing third? They don't necessarily need to see the big picture with all the different nuances and all the different pieces, but they have to understand the process. Now, if they don't understand the process and what we're doing and why we're doing it, then you're going to have some issues. So you need to understand your people. You need to get to learn their learning styles. You need to learn their, their method of communicating. You need to learn what works best for them. And then you need to delegate um, specific activities and actions and, and responsibilities by showing them that you trust them. But you have to know them before you can trust them or show them that you can trust them. So as a leader, part of your homework is getting to know your people, getting to know your team. So trust them to do their jobs, 
get out of their way so that they can do their jobs. Because if they've been trained effectively on what the processes are, if they've been communicated, um, if it's been communicated efficiently and effectively as and completely as to what the goal is and how everything that they do is connected to that goal, then you don't have to worry about checking on them every five minutes. Now, once you've gotten out of the way, of course, you're not going to leave them alone completely. You are going to have them be able to be accountable by giving you some reports so that you can maintain, you know, stay on top of the progress. And that's a part of setting expectations and making sure that everyone's on the same page and being able to communicate your progress and your process along the way so that everyone knows what's going on. And then you're going to be able to adjust and reset and correct as necessary. But if you just give people something and then move completely away, you can't adjust, you can't reset, you can't correct, and you certainly can't praise them. But if you're always micromanaging everything, then if someone's always looking over your shoulder and they're always checking up on you, you start to feel as if they don't think you know what you're doing. You start to feel as if they feel you're incompetent. So you don't want to set that type of tone. You want to delegate through trust. Man, micromanaging creates distrust. Apathy creates isolation. So you have to have that balance between staying on top of it to make sure everything is going well, but at the same time, helping them to see that you're there should they need you and that you're open to them coming to you, not just with the progress report, reports of everything's going great, but also any problems that arise so that you guys can solve them together. Which brings me to my second point, collaborating. Two heads are better than one. We've all heard that. There are some times when your way of thinking is not the right way of thinking to solve a problem because you only bring one perspective and that's yours. So you want to be able to bring other ideas and perspectives to the table. You want to build a team approach you want to build a culture of respect. You want to create opportunities for people to talk about their ideas and, and how they arrived at, that, at those ideas and have yourself be available to be able to hear their thoughts about the direction you're taking and the way that you're doing it. Now, I understand as the leader and the person who's in charge that a lot of times you don't have any control over what the outcomes need to be. But you can have some, some, give some leeway about the way in which you get to that goal because you want to make sure that you are giving your people the opportunity to show who they are, to show up fully and wholly as who they are with all of their strengths and all of their opportunities for success and all of the ways in which they communicate better and they work together better and their creative ideas and their creative approaches and their backgrounds and their perspectives that are going to lend themselves to helping make this project, this particular um, process more efficient, more effective, and more successful. So you might have the final say, but you want to build a culture of inclusion because there's one thing that kills communication. There's one thing that kills team, teamwork and team building is if someone feels that it doesn't matter what I say because nothing ever happens or it doesn't matter what I say because you're going to do what you want to do anyway. 
or it just doesn't matter what I say. Nobody wants to work for an organization or be a part of a team or be a part of a group where it doesn't matter what they say because what that tells them is that they don't matter and no one wants to be a part of anything where they don't matter. So your people need to feel valued. They need to buy into creating the success. They need to understand that everybody is a part of making this happen. So they have to learn how to collaborate. Now, please don't think that I'm saying that everybody has to get along all the time because that's impossible. Please don't say that I'm, I'm, please don't think that I'm saying that you have to create this environment where everyone is, um, is supported wholly without talking to them about any of their weaknesses or ways that they need to improve. Please don't think that I'm saying that in order to build a collaborative environment that people are not allowed to work independently. I am not saying that at all. What I am saying is that if you want to get off the leadership island and you don't want to feel like all of this is coming down on you and you don't want to feel as if your team would really rather leave you on that island than bring you along with them, then you need to understand that in order to build a collaborative group, a collaborative team, a collaborative environment, a collaborative culture, you have to welcome people's input. You have to establish a way for people to have their voices heard. And you, as the leader, need to be very diligent about making sure that everyone has an opportunity to speak up. Now, of course, you have different personalities and you have some people that will not speak up in a, in a crowded group or, or in an open forum, but they may come to you and they may give you a, their suggestion via email or, or through a one-on-one -on -one or through a team meeting where they meet with, with, with members of a team and then the team presents the consensus feelings or the consensus thoughts or perspectives to you anonymously. Whatever you need to do in order to build that rapport and to build that connection, then those are the types of things that you do. And this, you can't build delegation without collaboration and you can't build a culture of collaboration without communicating. You have to be able to have effective communication. Now, some people have told me that I need to do an entire show just on the art of communication and that'll probably be a future episode because people don't understand that just because you say something doesn't mean that people heard it properly. It doesn't mean that they understood it properly. It doesn't mean that they got what you were trying to give. So effective communication, it needs to be clear, it needs to be concise, and it needs to be consistent. One of the one of the major issues that always comes up when we when I work with organizations and teams is that the team members always feel like there's a lack of communication. I don't understand my responsibilities. I don't understand what I'm required to do. I don't understand what they want from us. And there was an 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 opportunity to go in and work with an organization and I was talking to a manager and he was telling me, "Hey, Everybody on my team understands what we're supposed to be doing. I've communicated it several ways. And I said, okay, so what is it that you did? And he said, I sent out a memo. I did an email um, during the, the, the team meeting that we had. I announced it. And then I asked anybody if, if everybody understood. And everybody said yes, or they didn't say they didn't understand. Now, let me be clear. 
just because someone is not going to speak up and tell you that they don't understand something does not mean that they actually understood. People do not want to be perceived as incompetent and inept or that they're stupid. (laughs) And sometimes if you don't have, actually most times, all the time, If you don't have a culture where people feel important, they feel valued, and they feel like they can communicate effectively and collaborate as a team and that they're valued, they're not going to feel safe enough to tell you when they don't get it. So as the leader, you have to set the tone. You have to be able to clearly communicate what it is that you expect. You have to clearly communicate what the outcomes are that you're trying to reach. You have to clearly communicate the responsibilities and who's in charge of doing what. You have to clearly communicate praise in addition to the areas in which they need to improve. You have to clearly communicate. Then you check for understanding, which means that you have to be concise. Don't give people 30 to 45 minutes of uninterrupted content without trying to check for understanding. Break it down into small chunks. Reiterate what you've said. Reinforce what you've said. Ask somebody else to give you an example. Ask them to repeat it. But you have to be able to clearly communicate. You have to concisely communicate so people don't get lost. And you have to consistently communicate. I can't tell you how many times companies and organizations and managers and leaders have a tendency to only communicate when they want something right now, but they don't communicate any other time. When things are going well, you don't hear from them. When a goal has been achieved, you don't hear from them. You have to be consistent about reinforcing your message, about giving them the information that they need, about giving them the praise that they need, and asking for input. So clear, concise, and consistent. Don't just convey information, compel action. Which means that I'm not just going to tell you something for you to take it or leave it. I'm going to express it in such a way that gets you to say, oh, I get it. Or, wow, this is what I can do with this. Oh, man, this is how this relates to my particular project or my particular department or what it is that I'm doing. Every single thing that you tell someone that you communicate, you want them to be connected to in some way. So use examples that pertain to them. Talk about things that directly affect them or impact them. Every single time you communicate something with someone, you want it to connect with them in some way that's real. You want them to see themselves in what it is that you're saying. So if you're talking about outcomes, if you're talking about sales figures, hey, we're going to implement a new project management software and an approach in a new process. They have to see themselves in it. Why is this important to me? I had a client that was working on integrating more social media into their sales process and their advertising and marketing. They didn't know how to use social media. They had never been really great at doing social media because all they did was put up a a whole bunch of posts about the products that they sold. And until I met with the team and I talked to them and communicated with them, one, why it was important that we do it, meaning, you know, talking about the fact that the majority of of clients nowadays are on social media and they use social media to make buying and purchasing decisions. 
I had to convey that to them, but I had to com communicate it in a way that compelled them to want to be a part of it. So I had to talk to them about how, what they, what their goals were and their outcomes, i.e. selling more product, was going to be directly impacted by whether or not they were not only present on social media, but engaging on social media. And that they needed to start looking at things from the standpoint of the client and not from their, their perspective. So when you talk about communicating and, and conveying information but compelling action, you need to give them what they need in order to be excited about doing this. You need to give them what they need in order to buy into wanting to do this. And as a leader, and I, I get a lot of calls and I get a lot of emails from people who, are, who want me to come in and work with them on leadership development. Develop me into a better leader. Help me to become a better leader. I want to get a promotion. I want to get more responsibility. I want to move up. I want to start a business. Whatever it is, they're always talking about leadership development. But one of the key components of being an effective leader, of being a leader that is not on an island, of having success and, and cultivating a community of success and a culture of success within your organization and being able to sustain that success comes down to being an effective communicator, of being someone who can convey information that compels action, that ties into people's emotions and ties into what is important to them and makes it as important to the team. So if you're trying to get off of that leadership island where you feel that, hey, my team is not really on board with me, my people are not really you know, buying into this, they're not communicating effectively, they're not trying to do it, and you end up trying to run around and do everything yourself, then maybe you should look at whether you're delegating, not just telling people what to do, but delegating through trust, where they understand and appreciate the fact that you're trusting them to do the job that they've been assigned that you're also leading through collaboration where you're bringing different perspectives and thoughts and ideas and ways of problem solving to the table and actually listening and honoring them. And that you're communicating clearly, concisely, and consistently, not just to convey information, but to compel the action that's necessary to achieve your outcome. All of these things are required. All of these things are things that you need to learn how to do effectively and efficiently and consistently. And just by doing these three things, you will become a more effective leader, a more efficient leader, and to create a more successful team and a more successful outcome. This has been Keisha Rivers of the CARS Group, where we facilitate outcome through strategic consulting, team development, and applied learning. Visit our website at carsgroup.com for more info on what we do and schedule a time to talk to us about your needs and also to give us some thoughts, questions, and feedback about what you've heard on this podcast. Remember, success begins in the mind. The way you think shapes your actions and the way you act determines your success. Change your mindset, master your success. Until next time, make it a great one. Bye-bye.